if there were like three to five apps that everyone should have as like a baseline just to be good with your finances, what will be those top three or five in your opinion? I feel like I should bring out my phone and like look at my apps. So right now, the very first app I have is my main bank. So I have I have my main bank that like all my bills come into, all my income mm-hmm. comes into, and that's where I usually t- typically have all my savings. So my bank is obviously number one. Number two yes. is actually my regular investing, which I use a, a service called M1 Finance, and they are I also free to use. I like them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little bit a little bit more complex. I do got videos to take care of you. Next up, I have is my retirement account. So having some form of retirement account, whether it's uh, with a company or setting one up for yourself. And mm-hmm. then I do have money transfer apps. So I have, you know, Cash App, Venmo. Uh, so I have those because everybody wants to transfer money back and forth with everybody. For sure. And then the next thing I actually have is another a bank account, which is with SoFi. So I have that bank as a means for me spending my fun money. And by fun money, I mean money that I can kind of spend to my own discretion. I'm trying to give me a bag. 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 What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. What's up, what's up, my FY Fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to the FY Fly podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. the kid that did and the man that can, baby. And today, we're going to be chopping it up with financial app reviewer, Airbnb host, and YouTube star, baby. Mr. Dennis Truffin, a.k.a. True Financials. How are you, boss? How are you? Oh, thank you for that introduction. I, I love <laughs> that you even knew about the Airbnb stuff. I don't know if we talked about it. So I, I'm doing great, man. I'm so glad to be here. I love your energy. And, you know, we only met a couple weeks ago, but I definitely I definitely love catching that that energy that you brought to the to the table when I when I first met you. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. I'm happy to have you here. Really excited when I saw what you do with your app development, not your app development, but your app reviews and things of that nature. Because as I was telling you, man, when I'm speaking to these students, all they want to know is what app we can use to do that positive financial activity. So before we get into that, I want to know, were you always good with money or was there like a turning point in your life where you were like, okay, now it's time to get right. <laughs> so my story is kind of interesting. I was 16 years old. I got my first job and got my very first paycheck. Like, you know, kids do. They're going to go and spend all that money. And that's exactly what yep. I did. I bought a Zune. If uh, anybody knows what that is, it's a music player that was competing against the iPod at the time. Okay. And I'm like, whoop. I ain't never heard of that one. I go love Yeah, it. it was from Microsoft too. So it was like a big company that like produced it. And I spent every penny to buy this thing. And I was like so proud of myself in that moment to be like, wow, I bought something for myself. And then instantaneously, I was like, whoa, like right afterwards I got home and I was like, maybe that wasn't the best idea. And that mm-hmm. kind of like started my journey on finance learning it and growing it. So I was 16 at the time and now I'm 34. So actually more than half my life, I've actually been really interested in finance, whether it's personal or just like how money works in general. And Mm -hmm. from that moment on, it was really just kind of honing in those skills, listening to different people, reading books, and really trying to understand like what it was about money that was fascinating to me. So 
I want to kind of center this conversation around financial apps because when I'm speaking to my high school, my college students, I always say that information is one thing, but the tools and resources that we can actually use are even better. So let's start with budgeting. What apps do you use to budget? What do you recommend? Talk to us about that. So, so like for for budgeting, I see a lot of times in, in my experiences, somebody will try budgeting and say, oh, this isn't for me. Budgeting doesn't work. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And in truth, you just didn't find the right way to do it. And yeah. so there are different apps that I always recommend people to try, like YNAB, which is uh, a really fantastic app, is, is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a free option with a, a company called SoFi. Has a service called Relay, and Relay allows you to kind of connect all your accounts together or manually plug in all your information. And you can not only see just your budget of like what's coming in and what's coming out every month, even if it's mm-hmm. small numbers, right? Like we're we're getting started. We all start at zero dollars, right? For all all of us, and it also builds up your net worth, which is a huge thing for me because you get to see everything you own versus everything you owe in your life kind of mm-hmm. meshed together so you can see where you stand as an overall net worth and so those kind of things combined to me really speak volumes and that's where i generally kind of keep my budgeting tools together okay okay yeah i've definitely heard of you need a budget and sofi as well so those are some pretty reputable reputable companies but speaking of one of a big company and that's making headlines right now yeah. is an app called Mint yes. that is now becoming Credit Karma. What's your thoughts on that, brother? <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting experience to to see that transition where they're taking Mint.com away and kind of transitioning into Credit Karma and they're they're removing essentially quite a few of the features. So I know a lot of people are kind of like looking for alternatives and there's yeah. a lot of people talking about Monarch budgeting or another one called simplify from quicken and both are also decent options as well too most of these do have a fee that comes with them and i know sometimes that can be a little straining especially when you don't have a lot of money coming in and that's for me the biggest thing and have you seen you know what they're planning on doing with mint like will it even so is is credit karma gonna have a budgeting system or like (laughs) Yeah, from from what I've heard, yeah, they're going to have the, like, they're going to, like, kind of integrate it into their platform. But the the biggest thing was that they were taking away some of the features. So it's going to be a, like, cut down version of what Mint.com had. And so if somebody was using Mint, they are now obviously in the process of looking for other tools and means to be able to do that, which is why Mm -hmm. I recommended SoFi Relay, because that is a free option. You don't actually even need the SoFi Bank even though the bank is great and I do recommend them personally, yeah. I, I think the SoFi Relay does a really good job of what they give you for free and what you can get out of it. And then mm-hmm. if you did want to go the more granular route, like very, very detailed, the YNAB um, would be one that I would recommend, even though it does have a cost to it. It does put yeah. kind of like some skin in the game for you to to be paying attention to your money. Okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And another app, I was speaking at the University of Kentucky last week and actually, this app was the most used app on the University of Kentucky, and that was the Acorns app. Oh, yes, so Acorns. What are your thoughts on Acorns? And is there something better than Acorns? What's, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Acorns does a really, really good job of saying, hey, you want to simplify things? We got you. We're going to take that. Mm-hmm. We're going to take care of this for you. We're going to like walk you through the steps of getting money in. And guess what? If in a couple of years you have you know, some money in that account and you want to transition to something else, you can yeah. definitely do that. 
Brother, I'm not going to lie to you. I love acorns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love it, man. It saved my life. When I was in college, I actually had two flat tires and they came in a tow truck, brought my car to the shop. The shop actually gave me a rental car to use while I was in college. I'm on my way back to college driving and a rock, boom, smacks my windshield oh. of the rental car. So when I tell you, I would have been so, so stressed, would have had anxiety, would have had to, you know, call mom, dad, who's going to help me pay for all of this? But when I remembered that I had that Acorns account that I forgot I had, I checked that thing and I had about $600, $700 that has just accumulated, accumulated from me spending while I was in college, something that yeah, we know college teacher. students... Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. We know that college students are going to do regardless is spend that money. So that Acorns app was huge for me because while I was spending, I was saving in the background. So it kind of created that peace of mind for me. So after that, I was a huge advocate of Acorns. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honest. It's so it's that friction, right? It's the friction of, you know, how many steps is it going to take for me to set this all up versus like, okay, if I go and open up this account, as you open up the account, it's going to ask you to do the roundup feature, which essentially means for those that are listening and don't know is when you spend a certain dollar amount, let's say it's, you know, $10 and 30 cents, that 70 mm. cents difference to get it to $11 and round it up to a nice number, which is, you know, very appeasing to a lot of people. It, yeah. It'll take that 70 cents and add it to your Acorns account and then build up on that so that as you keep spending, you are effectively building up a savings account in the background. And a lot of times it's that out of sight, out of mind uh, perspective as well, too. Thanks. Yeah, man, that, that has really helped me. And I, I'm a huge advocate of that automation, set it and forget it. So I think that's that's a, a huge piece is a huge piece as well. But also on the opposite end, when I'm going to these schools, like like we've talked about, when I'm going, they're saying they're talking to a lot of the students. Uh, the teachers are telling me they're talking to a lot of the students and the students are saying we don't have a bank. We have mm. cash out. Mm. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, so I want to get your thoughts, you know, especially from all the apps that you've used. Is Cash App an acceptable bank for people to be using? Like, what do you think about that? So that's a that's a great question. Also, too, going back to the Acorns thing real quick. If you listen to that conversation, you're like, wow, man, I, I should check out Acorns. I do have content on it. So if you want to see what it looks like on the back end, if you want to see how to set up your account, if you just want to have somebody guide you through that, I have that content on the True Financials channel. You can just type in True Financials, Acorns, and then all that content. And will we'll, we'll link that in the show notes for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, by all means. So going back to this this other question here, that that's a great question. And I, I will first and foremost start off with, if you're using Cash App as a bank, great. Right, that's you're you're getting the ball rolling with having money in an account. There's actually a large percentage of people in the, in the country that actually don't even have any sort of banking system. And you know, with yeah. with the FDIC insurance, which is protecting your money in any account that that has that that insurance available for you. One, you're protecting your money. Two, most accounts do have the ability to actually have earnings on your interest, which Cash App doesn't. So that's actually one of my downsides with using Cash App. And mm -hmm. I think as a starting point, if it just meant that you got the ball rolling to to put that trust in in a, in a company to have your money being held, that isn't a that is a good start. 
I would encourage other means of use for for a bank service, such as yeah. SoFi. Capital One 360 is actually like my uh, personal preference, just with all the features, benefits, the no fees, the being able to travel around the world using my debit card, like all oh, these wow. different things that that come with with Capital One is is been my go to. So you would say for your, well, Capital One is a traditional bank, correct? Yes and no. It actually, it was a different company back in like 2010. It was an online bank and then Capital One bought them, but effectively kept it online only. But now they have cafe mm. banks, which is kind of interesting and kind of unique. I've been seeing that. Yeah. When I was in DC, I saw one of those Capital One banks and like you go in there, they, they take your order and stuff. And then somebody comes over and is like, Hey, would you like to talk about, you know, your, your finances or whatever? So it's it's funny to see where things are really going in this financial space, how they're drawing people in with the cafes. Yeah. I think that's a great hybrid, honestly. I, I really do because I think it, it like eases the tension of like going into a bank and needing to ask for a loan versus like, oh, you're having you're sitting down and having coffee with your loan officer or what whoever yeah. else you're talking to, right? Like especially if you're at some point going to be buying your house, like it's gonna be great to go to those like physical cafes. Although I have mm. purchased a home using Capital One strictly online. So like it is also possible wow. to go that route as well too, which is why I love them. And I'm such mm. a big advocate for them because they just, I, I've had them for since 2009 before they were Capital One. And even when they got yeah. bought out, zero fees, like no fees, no cost, no nothing on, on those ends. I have multiple savings accounts. I earn interest on my money. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything just runs so smoothly that it's it's hard for me not, like it's hard for me to find out issue like find issues with them to not promote them like it's their app works <laughs> so smoothly like I just I yeah. have all the positive things I could ever think of that I would need from a bank and they're consistently innovating when it comes to features on on the app side. Okay, so big shout out to Capital One. So you mentioned with the non traditional banks, SoFi was a good one. Capital One. What's your thoughts on Chime? Do you think that's a good Chime definitely has some some positives. My so my my personal take on this is that yeah. some of these apps that do like this all in one service sometimes feel a little cumbersome on the app side of things. So like when I log mm-hmm. into Chime, there's like so many different variables that I can go into that just kind of take me away from the entire premise of being on the app, which is to look at my money and see what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah, and so it's it's not that they're a bad company. I've actually worked with them as well too, and they they are definitely a solid company. I would just not put them in the top the top tier for myself. Mm. I would definitely keep them somewhere. I would say like in like a B B tier for for myself. And I do okay. know that maybe for some people going onto a financial app. And instead of having to focus mo- mostly on your account number, you can focus on like education because they do have those things on the app. And I think that is great for, for others, not necessarily mm-hmm. for myself. And so that's why there's there's different balances, like I told you earlier, that maybe it's not for me, but it could be for somebody else. And that's why I do the research for these things, because it's important for others, even if it's not important for me. directly. Okay. Okay. So we got the budgeting. We got the saving with the automation. What about investing? Because to think about it, you know, back then people had to go to the stockbrokers, they had to go to brokerage and actually place orders for stocks. But now we can literally invest from our phones. So what apps do you think are, are best for that? So this is a great question. And what's funny is that, I mean, for me, I actually remember having to pay for for doing stock purchases uh, uh, back in like 2010. And so for for me, I think it's a wonderful world we live in where the, the barrier to entry is so much lower. And so there are mm-hmm. many great apps that, that allow that. 
Robinhood obviously comes uh, to mind when it comes to ease of use. And I know yep. there's some controversy around it. Some people don't like it because of what happened back in 2001, I believe it was. Uh-huh. And I think as a whole, what it provides for people and ease of use, I think is is really important. Again, even if it's just to test out the the overall investing world, because I always tell people when they ask me, hey, how do I get started? I'm like, honestly, just put in $10 a week yeah, or $10 a month, whatever, whatever you can do, put it in like habitually every single month because you get to build that resilience and that understanding and mm-hmm. it, you're better off losing, you know, $50 than losing $5,000 once you do have money to start investing, like, like bigger Thanks. money. Right. And so, mm-hmm. so for me, I'm like, Robinhood gives you that ease of access. SoFi, if you ended up ever going with them as a bank does have an investing portion as well. It's not as easy to use as Robinhood, but it is also very simple and it kind of just gotcha. gives you the basics. I know a lot of people use Cash App as a form of investing. I was about to ask about that, that too. <laughs> yeah, that one that one is is decent as well because it does allow you to do what they call fractional shares. So for those not mm-hmm. familiar, when you typically would buy a stock back in the day, it would be whatever the dollar amount was. So let's say it's like Apple tra- trades for $180 per share. You would have to physically pay $180 plus the trading fees to be able to buy that stock. And t- in today's world, and I just absolutely love it and i'm such a big advocate for it you can put in like on cash app Robinhood, sofi all these different apps now you can put in as low as a dollar typically and you can have ownership of a stock in that fraction so let's go That's back huge. to that 180 dollars, right so let's say you put in you know a hundred dollars into apple well you don't own a hundred you don't own one full share but you own a really good portion of that share so I think with that mm-hmm. one, that would be like, what, about 60% of a share. But what's happening is that $100 is now being affected by actually being in the market. So it can move up or down depending on where the stock goes. And instead mm-hmm. of having to wait so long to build up to that $180, you can be putting in a dollar, $10, 20 100 whatever works for you in that, yeah. in that time period. Okay. Okay. So I got a couple more questions regarding the apps. You know, if there were like, three to five apps that everyone should have as like a baseline just to be good with your finances. What will be those top three or five in your opinion? I feel like I should bring out my phone and like look at my apps right now because I do have a, a finance <laughs> folder. So, you got so this is this is interesting because obviously everyone's going to be different. Like where you are with your finances is different where I'm at and everybody else, right? So looking at this, uh, I'm looking at my overall financial apps. So right now, the very first app I have is my main bank. So I have I have my main bank that like all my bills come into, all my income mm-hmm. comes into, and that's where I usually t- typically have all my savings. So my bank is obviously number one. Number two yes. is actually my regular investing, which I use a, a service called M1 Finance, and they are I also free too. to use. I like that. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a little bit a little bit more complex. I do got videos to take care of you if you if you want to go and go step by step with them. And once you get them set up, the beauty of M1 Finance is they they're kind of like a set and forget model. So you can forget mm-hmm. that you even have it as long as you have your you know money going into the account. Next up I have is my retirement account. So having some form of retirement account, whether it's uh, with a company or setting one up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I do have money transfer apps. So I have you know Cash App. Uh, so I have those because everybody wants to transfer money back and forth with everybody. For sure. And then the next thing I actually have is another a bank account, which is with SoFi. So I have that bank as a means for me spending my fun money. And by fun money, I mean money that I can kind of spend to my own discretion because I am. Yeah, freely. Uh, yep. Yeah, I am with a partner. So our main bank is all of our bills, all the things we get to take care of. 
to to live our lives. And then the SoFi account for me is I'll transfer money in, and then that mm-hmm. money I can spend on anything I want. And it's it's more so to to kind of keep things more clear and understanding of like what's in our main bank and you yeah. know, what's coming due versus like having our spending money set set aside with our our fund or with our overall funds and kind of getting that a little too meshed up. Man, that's huge. And man, we can't have you on FY Fly and not ask you our famous final question. So I'm going to say two quotes and I need you to let me know which one is more accurate in your opinion. You ready? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So first one is more money, more problems. Shout out to Biggie. (laughs) And the second one is money can't buy happiness. Which one do you agree with most? Ooh, I would say money can't buy happiness is the one I would agree with. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the the joke is always like, you know, you don't see somebody happy on a or not happy on a jet ski, right? Like, obviously, that takes money. I think I think money is the freedom tool. And I think that we just create that happiness for ourselves. And you Mm -hmm. can be happy with a little or you could be happy with a lot. But I think what, what really matters is that like what what you're grateful for in your process, because somebody that's yearning for, you know, having a million dollar net worth or making a million dollars or whatever the case may be, the the happiness actually comes from the journey, not the end result from my my personal experience. Yeah. Okay. I like that and, you know, definitely, you know, that money or the 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 happiness has to have to be like it's 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 temporary and it's fleeting. What's yeah. not temporary is the internal joy that you have. Yeah. So that's yeah. where you can kind of work on yourself and that has nothing to do with money. That's self-development, understanding yourself, self-awareness and things of that nature. So I'm yeah. in full agreement with you there, man. I'm aligned with almost everything you said here today. So thank you so much, Dennis, for joining the FYI Fly podcast. If you have any final words, any final takeaways, go ahead and also let them know where to reach you, man. Yeah, man. I I mean, just thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so grateful to be able to share anything that can be of value for anybody listening and, you know, taking action on their future, especially towards their finance. I'm just so grateful for that. Even again, if it's not like their main objective in life to, to be, you know, focused on their finances, I know it just gives them more of that freedom to do the things that they love. And that brings a lot mm-hmm. of joy for me. And so I'm, I love what you're doing. I love the value that you're bringing to your audience. And, you know, again, so just so grateful to, to be on here to, to share my story and to, to chat with you as well. And if people want to find me, my, my main YouTube channel is called True Financials. It's T-R-U Financials. It's a play on my last name. And so there you can find tools and tips to to work on apps and services that might benefit your financial future. I'll do reviews. I'll do comparisons. I'll do walkthroughs. Like I'll walk you through different steps if it means helping you get to that point of having your account open and ready. So you don't mm-hmm. have to worry of like there's information out there or not. It's it's out there for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So everybody listening, y'all know we need to not only just listen, but actually implement some of this game that we talked about here today. So definitely go check out True Financials. Check out some of the videos. Just like we talked about here today, watch a lot, try a lot, see what works for you personally. And then once you've found what works for you, go help a friend, go help Mm -hmm. your your parent, go help, you know, somebody that you care about. Because this, you know, when we're learning about money, it's a bit different from learning about, you know, the mitochondria when we was in school. Like it's a bit different because we could go learn about this information and then go earn from what we just learned. You know what I mean? So, so it's a bit different. And thank you again, Dennis. This was amazing. 
all my listeners, stay safe, stay invested, and stay FYI Fly. We'll see you next week. Thank you all for listening to FYI Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's F-Y-I-F-L-I Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly.